0: As we stand at the precipice, feeling the heat on our faces from the dumpster fire our country has devolved into, sometimes an escape is necessary. And sure, meth'll do that for you. But maybe, just maybe, dating horror stories from someone else's romantic fuckery might be better for your health. Surely your dentist would agree. So, laugh, cry. Blush from secondhand embarrassment and revel in a playground of mishaps that just might help you forget. Welcome to the Cultural Experience, Season One, The Alphabet Chronicles. O is for Oops. Have you ever had a first date go so well you're up until 5 a.m.? It's so perfect you just can't help yourself, and before you realize what's happening, You've scheduled another meeting for the next day, which is actually the same day because it's 5 a.m. and the sun is starting to peek out from the trees across Central Park. And you're stone cold sober, but you feel wasted because your sensory inputs have been overloaded by your evening. And you can barely wait to get to bed, but you're still buzzing and you know it'll be at least an hour before you can get to sleep. And then the second date goes so well, it seems impossible and and you barely notice time ushering you into the next day for the second time. That is, until your drying contacts remind you another 5 a.m. bedtime isn't in the cards for your mid-30s body. I don't want this to be over. Me either. Full disclosure, I, I intentionally left my apartment a mess so I wouldn't be tempted to invite you over. Same. Oh, okay, so... What does this mean? This means I'm going to go home, grab my dog, and pack a bag. You're going to go home and stuff things into closets and wipe down the toilet. I'll meet you at your apartment in 45. Text me your address. And then he sauntered into the street, hailing a cab with the ease and confidence only a longtime New Yorker can. He looked back and gave me a stumbly little wink before disappearing downtown. It was impossibly sexy. I felt giddy as I crossed east one avenue. I hadn't felt like this in a long time. I needed to walk for a few minutes before heading uptown to ready my place for his arrival. Uh, to let my feelings sink in. I was smitten, nervous. I needed to make a plan. Prioritizing the tidying up would hopefully steady my insides and you know, help me to get everything done in time. Otherwise, I would be flying around my apartment in an emotional explosion of faggotry, too excited to sit still and far too giddy to focus. The cab pulled up just as I reached 8th Ave, approaching slower than it should have. I was in a hurry. I didn't have time to assess driver quality. I needed to get home. But I should have known better. Clearly, he was a disaster and inched up the west side at a snail's pace, even missing my street. He was eating into my time to make a good impression and successfully churning my anxiety. When we finally arrived, I tipped him only because I knew how bad he was at his job. I was afraid others wouldn't be as kind to him the rest of the night and I needed all the last minute good karma I could amass. I didn't want to fuck this up. I ran upstairs in a flurry. I threw open closets and rearranged books, threw dirty clothes into hampers and tossed all of my loose mail into a nearby man bag. I was bound and determined to make as good an impression as humanly possible with such short notice. After the toilet was wiped down and candles were lit, I had just enough time to hand wash the few dishes that sat in the sink. As I was drying my hands, I looked over the apartment with a sweeping glance to see if anything was radically out of place. He buzzed. My heart leapt. My body was telling me I had an innocent premature crush, the kind that promises real possibility and keeps you going on dates with the bedshitters and mouthcriers of the world. I desperately hoped he was neither as I galloped down the stairs to welcome my crush and his dog into my space. As I descended the final steps, he slowly came into view. God, he was even more attractive than the man I remembered from just an hour ago. The bone structure of a Ken doll and a smile that activates dimples deep enough to swim in had me smitten. I avoided eye contact as I walked across the lobby. His eyes were overwhelming. He greeted me with the cutest smile and a tight hug. His dog was spastically confused and inconsolably excited. We ascended the stairs in awkward conversation, knowing we were simultaneously making a choice that couldn't be avoided and one that perhaps should have waited. I opened the door and the dog ran inside, darting from one corner to the other, smelling and rubbing every available square inch. He pulled my attention away from her and planted a kiss so deep it woke something in me that had been sleeping for a long time. I needed to have him. We threw down a pee pad and some water haphazardly and quickly made our way to the bedroom. His kisses were soft yet sensual. I wanted to devour him in the hopes I could carry this feeling with me forever. We undressed slowly, exposing various insecurities with held breath and vulnerability that only exists when you actually care what the other person thinks. We calmed the other with kisses and grazes that protected our secrets we weren't ready to share, the innermost gooey center that was too delicate for this moment. We slid under the covers and things turned animalistic. I was insatiable and he was the only thing that would quench my thirst. I felt it. I've rarely been more certain of, I don't know, anything. I devoured him. I was stretching his legs around my waist, hugging him tighter than I thought possible when an odd sensation threatened to pull me out of the moment. Uh, It was interesting, something I'd experienced before but long ago. It was wet and not particularly pleasing to the nose, and then I felt the familiar tickle of a dog's beard. His saucy little four-legged minx was trying to get in on the action. Now, listen, threesomes have their place, but not here. Not now. Well, and not with a terrier. I can't even get into those dog masks gays seem to love these days, much less an actual pop. He tried to bat her away, but homegirl was persistent. Every time we zigged, she zagged. At at one point, I tried to create a barrier with my body to keep her from whoring her way in, but she wouldn't be deterred. She was getting in on this action whether we liked it or not, and while we were successful at keeping her from three-way kisses, she conquered the situation by dousing the fire of our sex frolicking across balls and faces with utter abandon. I suppose it was nice. It gave us a chance to lay there to talk. After being up until five the night before and with the sun already flirting with the sky, I was barely able to keep my eyes open anyways. It was good we had an external force pumping the brakes for us. I fell asleep with my arms wrapped around him, holding him until our breathing patterns synced, this simple intimacy has evaded me for so long, I was asleep in minutes. Unfortunately, after what felt like seconds, I woke with the desperate desire to pee. And this was not one of those roll over and stifle the need for a few hours kinds of peas. This was a I'm kicking my bedfellow out of the way if need be, lest I wet the bed so violently we're forced to float down Central Park West on a river of my own making, that kind of pee. I carefully but hurriedly crawled over the Ken doll and stumbled into the living room. I didn't have time to grab my glasses, but figured the sunlight would provide enough guidance. I hadn't changed the layout in a few months, so I should be fine with a nearsighted squint and shuffle. I was doing well, sailing along nicely, until I hit the edge of the couch. In an instant, the security of my rutted trek was thrown so viciously off course, I couldn't help but squeal out, GAH! What happened? He groggily called from the safety of the bed. Underfoot was a cold, dense grit that made me queasy the minute my foot dug it into the rug. I quickly tap-danced to try and avoid it with my other foot, only to step directly into another pile. Oh, I uh, think your dog shit on the floor. She what? The little mongrel wasn't so cute she and i would have had words stern pointed words about my house rules first and foremost they include shitting nowhere but the toilet but with the cold dog turds clinging to my feet i suppose i wasn't in any position of power even over her I took a deep breath and hobbled to the bathroom, desperately praying the shit would cling to my feet and not smear across the floor, wedging into the crevices between the slats of the wood flooring. I threw myself onto the edge of the tub and swung my feet around directly under the faucet. The smell raped my senses as I reached to turn on the water. It came out freezing, but I didn't care. Shit makes me squeamish, and I I wanted to be as far away from it as possible. I didn't even touch it. I let the water beat it from my feet in chunky globs, eventually breaking up the grit enough so it could easily wash down the drain. Once my feet had returned to their shitless state, I sat quietly. I needed the baptism of the water, as this wasn't my preferred alarm. But even through the haze of morning, I at least had the wherewithal to empathize that, you know, with dogs, sometimes shit happens. I also had the wherewithal to use this as a test— how self-sufficient was this man? Would he be able to figure out how to clean up this little angel's mess without me? This was a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. There were only so many places I could keep the cleaning supplies. By the time I started to nod off from being up most of the last 48 hours, I figured it was time to brave the shitty rug. <sighs> I braced myself on the doorjamb and inched my drying feet into the hallway and around the corner, I hit the living room expecting to be bombarded by a scat fetishist's fantasy, but no. Instead, I was greeted by a lit candle and a pocket-sized Ken doll smiling brightly through profuse sweat, holding an appropriately miniature silver-haired pup who looked infinitely too proud of herself. He was clearly struggling to hide his embarrassment and deep desire for suicide, so I walked over and gave him a kiss. Let's go back to bed. I felt him relax into my touch as he allowed me to guide us back to the bedroom. I stopped him at the bed and took the dog, putting her on the floor. She wasn't invited to this part. Even from the back, he was beautiful. I kissed his neck and lightly ran my fingers over his naked shoulders, immediately activating an outbreak of goose pimples that ran rampant over his upper body. I melted knowing I had that effect on him, I pulled him into me, pressing my chest into his back and grinding myself into him. He blushed and turned over his shoulder with a flirty, what are you up to, side-eye. He could feel how excited I was and the writing was very clearly on the wall for what was happening next. He turned to face me and planted a deep, gentle kiss on my lips that were already puffy from all the attention. I leaned into his delicious taste, backing him onto the bed where we fell. Our bodies folded into one another like we'd been together for years, and we collapsed into our secret ecstasy. I knew just where to touch, and he knew just how to respond in ways that drove me wild. It didn't take long before we'd worked each other to the precipice, and I was looking over him as I felt his orgasm rise to the surface. It was impossibly intense as we stared into each other's eyes and worked for the explosion we'd been building to for hours, when it happened, we both experienced a moment of sheer ecstasy. But only a moment. As it was happening, his gaze went mm, funny. At first I thought it was a weird O face, but the longer he made it, the more I realized something was wrong. I cautiously dismounted. Aram, are you okay? He was silent for longer than was socially acceptable, and then he started twitching. I, um, uh, I, I think I pulled a muscle. He vigorously started massaging his shoulder, and his eyes fluttered so violently they vibrated. I didn't quite know what to do. He seemed like he didn't want me anywhere near him, but leaving felt wrong. Well, and where was I supposed to go? <laughs> this was my house. Before I could make any real moves, he shot to a sitting position. He looked like he was searching for words, desperately trying to quiet the raucous tempest whirling inside. And then he ran. I opened my mouth to call out to him, to, to try to get to the bottom of this sudden exit when I, I was interrupted by the sounds of dry heaving echoing through my living room. This man was running to vomit. Moments ago, he was laying under me, you know, naked, in my bed, beautiful in his coital glistening. And now... He was running from me, dry heaving through my apartment, desperately looking for a toilet to vomit into. I have experienced quite a lot of life, but never anything like bringing a beautiful man to orgasm, only to have him run from me so he can vomit in my toilet. Clearly, I wondered if this would be the end of us, but little did I know I don't scare easy. And with my newly ignited feelings, he was going to have to serve up far more than a little vomit to get rid of me. So, I waited for him to finish, silently peeling back the covers when he appeared at the door. He hung his head, impossibly embarrassed, but ultimately finding his way back to the bed where we snuggled, bracing ourselves for whatever wave of awkward would attempt to drown us next. We quickly drifted off to sleep, happy to let the silence engulf our floundering. It had been one hell of a second date. This early on, I couldn't tell if chaos was his baseline, or if his embarrassment proved this crazy was an anomaly, but I was too tired to figure it out. As I drifted into exhausted slumber, I convinced myself if the former were true, the the mania would surface eventually. I mean, right? After what felt simultaneously like five minutes and... 40 years, I woke up groggy, confused, and desperate to pee. Ugh. I tried to ignore my pestering bladder, y- you know, treating it like a nagging dog who, with just a light tap of a newspaper on the nose, would know to rest quietly in the corner until it was time to start the day. But unfortunately, my bladder was persistent. It was shouting from inside, demanding attention. Again. Sweet Christ, I'm getting old. Reluctantly, I conceded, swinging my legs half heartedly off the side of the bed, allowing them to thump to the ground, smacking the wood floor where they sat, displeased by their nudity. In my sleepy confusion, I pushed myself off the bed with more effort than was necessary, propelling myself just a little too vigorously into the wall across the room. My arms shot out and braced myself on the door before I made contact with any hard surface. I was disoriented, exhausted. Thankful for the save, I I tried to be more cautious as I made my way into the living room. But even with extra attention, I stumbled around like Helen Keller, arms out, narrowly avoiding the coffee table and just barely missing the fire poker. As I rounded the corner, the bathroom slowly came into blurry focus. I hadn't put my glasses on for this second trip either. I figured I'd be fine. I mean, there's no way it could get any worse than the first, right? Oh, wrong. Wrong. In front of the couch, in the exact same spot as before, the four-legged lovely had left a second present. It was the same present she'd left just a few hours prior, which, you know, I suppose is better than piss, but as host gifts go, a little variety is always appreciated. Of course, I didn't realize any of this until I had fully smeared this second pile of shit all over the bottom of my foot and off the rug onto the wood floor. I was so tired I barely reacted. Uh, Just a groan, really. A deep, rattling expulsion of despair that, due to my commitment, must have inadvertently vibrated the apartment. I heard the Kendall from the bed. Oh no. What happened now? Oh, she, uh... Shit again. This time my hobble to the bathroom was far less enthusiastic. I'd almost stopped caring whether or not I smeared all over the floor. I figured it would be his to clean up anyways. I sat on the cold porcelain washing the cold grit from my sullied foot and thought this better be worth it. By now I have shit washing down to an art and I was in and out in a quick 5 minutes, clean as a whistle. When I emerged he was just putting the last of the cleaning supplies under the sink. Clearly his shit washing skills were top notch as well. I can't say I'm thrilled this was a point of compatibility but uh, I suppose at, at this point in my dating journey beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> I'm- I- I- he seemed to be shaking a bit, clearly freaked. It's okay, it's, it's not like you took a shit on my rug. I thought about bringing up the boy, tossing out an anecdote about having a date take a dump in my bed, but thought better of it. I- I know, but I just- ugh. I'll never quite know how he was planning to finish that sentence, because he ran away before he got to the end of it. Well- Technically, it wasn't the running away that kept him from finishing. It it was the quick, violent expulsion of vomit rising in the back of his throat that stopped him. (laughs) This man was going to throw up again. I can only assume from the way he was shaking and the way his eyes were darting, manically, unfocused around the space that, I don't know, he was having some sort of panic attack. Unclear. I didn't really get a chance to assess the situation before he knocked me out of the way, sending me teetering backwards into my desk. He mumbled something from the bathroom before his symphony of wretches began, but I couldn't make it out. Who was this man and his wily dog? Why were they shitting and throwing up all over my house? I'd been nothing but kind, and this was the thanks I get? A shitty evening in? I tried to be empathetic, but... Neither actually seemed sick, just off. It's odd how quickly things can change. Moods, perspectives. With space, I was able to see how nervous they'd been the whole night. It was weird. Looking back, it felt like he was desperate to hide... something. Himself? At the time, I didn't fully grasp what was happening, but now... I'm able to see this was his body's reaction to suppressing his crazy. This is how close to the surface his demons hide. It was it was unclear then what kind of fresh hell I'd released on my life. His energy was powerful and all-consuming and I wasn't quite sure what to do. In fact, after he brushed his teeth and returned to bed, some diseased insanity overtook my body. Perhaps I felt bad for him. Perhaps I was blinded by his good looks, our loving kisses. Or perhaps I'm just desperately fearful of dying alone. I'm still not sure, though I wish I'd figured it out because after looking into his sad, scared little eyes, I agreed to another date with him. A date that would wreck me and leave me begging for mercy. Oops. to be continued. Thank you for listening to The Cultural Experience, Season 1, The Alphabet Chronicles, the podcast that's 100% true, except when it's not. Essays are written by Cole Grissom, inspired by real events, but rest assured, if a character resembles you in any way, I promise you're wrong. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, share, Tell your friends, your frenemies, your bad dates, your good dates, the guy in the alley you're planning on giving a handy to later tonight. Tell them all. Until next time, friends.